Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Water Superb, and um, with Jerry Feeney, and we were doing. Uh, we're going to have uh, our credit expert in two seconds, Dan Sater. Just want to finish up with uh, one more question. Um, uh, we. We believe that we talked about the co-ops. And by the way, to Elizabeth, I think that's the best thing you can do in a very nice way. You don't want to get them sat. Just say, so I have a better feel. Was it their credit? Did they have enough cash? What is it that you really, so that I know what you're looking for and I can help you find the right person for this building or something of that nature? Um, And that's kind of the downside of co-ops, but not all of them are as strict as others. And maybe uh, if you are thinking of selling your co-op, it might be a wise thing to do before you sell it. Talk to the board and see what they're looking for. Um, I have another question from uh, Roberta in Rockaway. We are looking for a house and found one that was there, and it had a leak in the roof that looks like it was poorly repaired. Do we have the right to bill the seller for the repair of the roof after we buy it? No. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, no. No. Not unless there was some kind of a warranty in place or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, you should have – look, I, you don't have to do this in an apartment, but in a house. I would tell anybody who's buying a, a house, a single, a two-family, whatever, have an engineer's report done before you go to contract. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you're, you know, there's things that you cannot see. And an engineer's report is never going to be perfect. There's always going to be. So you, the question that you ask, and if you can, you should meet the engineer and go through the house with them. And the question you need to ask the engineer is, for the age of this home, for the age of this home, how is it? How does it compare for the age of the home? Because it's not going to have, if it's a 50-year-old home, it might not have some of the bells and whistles that's something that's new going to have. Yeah. But you just say for the age of the home. And then if they say there's a problem with the roof, well, how many years does it have? How much is gonna, that going to cost? So you're always better off if you can meet the engineer yourself. Because if you just read the report. It's scary. Yes. Even it's, a brand new home would sound scary. Yeah. Did you and, and, did you get one on your house, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I knew the inspector very well because I'd worked with him before. And I was not able to take my own advice and, and do the inspection with him uh, because of the timeline. But when I got the report, I thought, oh, my God, this thing is a mess. It's falling apart. I called him up and he says, yeah, it's in really good condition. <laughs> you know, when you get there, when you get, you know, the report is oftentimes to deter future litigation so they make sure that they've covered themselves 
but you also can't get bogged down. They might spend a whole page on a on a GFI outlet, and you ask them how much it is to fix. Oh, it's fifty dollars. Well, that you know that was a whole page in the report. It's fifty dollar item. You don't want to get bogged down on that. Yeah, so that's a must, okay? Um, but to answer your question, if you did not discuss what was wrong with the house and make an allowance for somebody to pay for it ahead of time, um, you can move into the house. Once you move in and you take ownership, uh, the house could fall to the ground yeah. <laughs> and uh, collapse yeah. and just stop. Enjoy uh, ownership, exactly. So <clears throat> it's really a good thing and not a good thing. It's, in my book, an absolutely must to have an engineer's report before you purchase a property. In a building, you don't have to do that, obviously, because you can't do that in a building. It's but not as important. Yeah, sometimes we see people do it. but um, Yeah, do you see people do it in buildings? Yeah, more and more. Of, it's very interesting. In uh, uh, apartments now, I'm seeing more and more people do it. And, you know, I used to say it's really not at all necessary. Now I, I say to people, listen, you know, they, it can be useful. It can be a useful tool. I still don't think it's absolutely necessary, but I, but I, I think it's uh, uh, has a place in certain. But Jerry, particularly if there's been a renovation, can I ask you, you this? Yeah. Would it be uh-huh. like if you if you're moving into a building and let's say you have an engineer's report, you they'll let you do the engineer's report on the whole building or no. just your apartment? Yeah, just generally just the apartment. They're usually not going to give you access to any of the. And because if you knew with the building, that would be helpful because then you might know. Gee, the building is really needs a lot of repairs that you don't right. know about. But that report on a big building could be fifty thousand dollars. You know, right. doing a, a comprehensive. So what analysis. would you find then in your own apartment? Like, <laughs> well, they'll they'll find out things like that the uh, electrical panels are miswired or that they're not sufficient, you know, amperage to support what's in the apartment, or that you know there are issues with the uh, some of the um, you know the he- heating elements in the apartment. Not that much; they can't really rip apart the walls. You know, there's only so much you can see within the four corners of well, a apartment. Okay, so let me ask you this: So, would you? Do you recommend it, or do you? No, or not you're... usually. No, not usually. I, I maybe if it's I an do, old building, or maybe an I, old. Here's apartment. what I do uh, on new construction. I say, particularly on a higher price new construction, I say to people, listen, unless you're really, unless you have a really good broker coming with you on the final walkthrough, and a lot of the sponsors don't want the broker to come now, and I really resist this. I think it's outrageous. Bring your broker with you because they know how to do a walkthrough of a new construction apartment, which is a different animal entirely. I've had some people bring architects. I say, read the offering plan of the description of what's supposed to have been built. Bring an architect with you and let them tell you, was it built in compliance with this? It's amazing how many times the architect comes in and says, you know, the ceilings are supposed to be nine and a half feet high and they're actually nine feet, two inches or something like that, you know, and they can really find things that and if they find something like that i mean then you would have recourse well you wouldn't have have recourse recourse. you could maybe say take something off or i'm not sometimes we can negotiate a a price reduction or if there's a retrofit possible i mean raising the ceiling height is not possible but other things are um you know i i think there's that's valuable a very good broker who's experienced can do the same thing um, but, you know, if you've never done a new construction walkthrough, you're buying a new product there. You've got to go and look, test every single thing and make sure that every single thing is in working condition. Because once you buy it, it's yours and the sponsor is not going to fix it. You know, it I'm again. glad to know that because I always recommend, I insist on people having an engineer's report on, on, a, on a home. But you're saying on the newer apartments just to make sure it's to the specifications they've said. Because truthfully, if sense, the ceiling yeah. is supposed to be... 
11 feet, you're not going to know right. if it's 10 point something. Uh, exactly. You're not going to know. You're not gonna know. By the way, before you get to Dan Sater, I have an important update that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you eat Hershey's Kisses. It's like my favorite candy. Oh, I remember the silver foil, the little kisses. Yeah, silver foil wrapper. Well, there's been a mystery going on for the last couple of months, and I noticed it when I went to eat one recently in a package that I bought, that the tip is missing. You know, they used to have of a nice conic... Of the kiss, they had a nice conical shape, but it came to a little tip, and sometimes yes. it would sort of bend over a little bit slightly, and it was their image. And they were missing. There was no more tip on it. It would sort of end, and then it would have a flat surface on top. Did you think they were defective kisses? But how would uh, that they look were if it's flat? Did you so, think they were defective they kisses? They were, in fact, Dottie, defective kisses. Hershey's has announced yesterday that <laughs> due to a manufacturing process problem, uh, that the kiss was not formed properly. Now, can you imagine, like, they, this huge company hadn't even noticed this in the manufacturing process. The consumers had to say, And it's Valentine's Day soon, and, yeah. you know... It's not going to be done in time for Valentine's Day. Oh, so, so then, if you're looking for a kiss on Valentine's Day, buy them an apartment instead, because the kisses yes. are defective. I, I think that's... I, you know what? Yeah. I don't think your girlfriends will uh, forgive you. I think they'll forgive you very easily and say, oh, I'll, I'll skip the kiss. I'll take yeah. the apartment. It's okay. <laughs> But that's good to know because, you know, I love those little kisses. Yeah. And I if I would have opened one, I would have thought it was defective. That's yeah. what I would have thought. Something's wrong with this kiss. It's interesting. Go go buy one today and you'll see what I mean. I will. So we're, uh, you're listening to Ion Real Estate, and uh, I'm here with Dan Sater, our credit expert. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Dottie. How are you? I'm good. I actually have the flu, but I think, you know, as I'm talking through it, you know, you kind of forget your sometimes... It's better than lying in bed, so you get your mind off your uh, pain. But I'm on a Z-Pack, so I'm feeling a little better today. Thank goodness. And eat some of the candy kisses. That'll help, too. The defective candy kisses. The defective kisses. ones. Yeah, they're, they're one of the basic food groups. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So what's new in the credit world? Oh, uh, What isn't new? Well, uh, recently um, there was an article about, uh, I think it was in the New York Times, about them ending the credit locks. Uh, that they were giving out for free for, with Equifax. Uh, they're going to be expiring at the end of January. And, uh, you know, this is to prevent people from opening fraudulent accounts or uh, from creditors obtaining your credit report without your knowledge. And the thing is, who cares? And the reason I say that, because the credit lock is the way that the credit bureaus have monetized the security freeze. It's the same thing. They're freezing your secure, your your account, and they're charging you for it now at the rate of twenty four ninety nine. Wait, excuse the, me. Can you help me with that? When you say they're freezing your account, do I have to ask for that to happen, or does it happen automatically? Well, you have to have to apply for it. And, and why would I apply to, to fill it out? Okay, wait, stop, what, stop, stop, stop. Why would I apply to have my account frozen? You have your credit report frozen. And Why? what that does? Why would I do it, that? That's to prevent somebody from going in and applying for credit, and they run a credit report, and they see that you have great credit, and they grant the credit in your name to somebody else. Wait. Oh, okay. Stop. So you close okay. it down. Okay. You, okay. You're locking it so no one else can steal your okay, credit. Okay. So stop. Let me ask you this question: For the average person, including myself, um, is that something that we should be doing? Well, it's probably advisable. Uh, depends what you know, how much you check your credit uh, on a continual basis. 
But because of the massive security breaches, not only with Equifax, but, you know, Yahoo and and a lot of these other places where they've gotten people's social security numbers, date of birth, all this other uh, information, there is that possibility that somebody's going to use it for nefarious reasons. And um, this stops them from going into your account uh, or going into your credit reports and opening up a new account because they can't access that. So nobody's going to grant credit without looking at your credit report first. Okay, and what's the downside? Like, what's the downside of that? Is there a downside of that? Like, if I freeze my, if I call up and freeze my credit, is there a a downside to doing that? Well, there used to be, but no more. Because of this massive data breach, uh, they made it so that the credit bureaus have to give you a security freeze now for free. And you can open it up for free. You can close it back down for free. So anytime you have a creditor that wants to run your credit report, uh, you just unfreeze it so they can take access and then refreeze it so nobody else can get access. Well, stop. I think this is really important information, which I didn't know about. So let me ask you this. So who would you ask to do that? The three credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. And so would you, would you email them? Um, how would you notify them? Yeah, and then- well, you, you can go online, and uh, on their sites, they have a, a place where you can do the security freeze. It's a little simple one-page form that you put in the information. Uh, they'll sign you up, give you a PIN number, and it's with that PIN number, which you should protect, uh, that you can get back in and uh, unlock it for any creditor that you're going to have. And what happens if you report. lose the PIN or forget the PIN? You know, <laughs> I just want you to know something. I mean, this is not funny. I think this is a problem. Uh, my assistant gave me about 67 passwords, okay? And if you think I can remember, I said, what do you think? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm some kind of a, a genius or something? I, I can't remember any of them. So then... The next assistant I had was a genius and put it in my um, contact list, passwords, on the passwords. Okay. Under passwords. Oh, yes. Under passwords. Okay. <laughs> and then my only hope was, well, if they, they rob me, they'll figure no one's that stupid to put it on the passwords. Okay. Then the next one, I mean, let me, I, I really need to get a grasp on this. How many passwords and pin numbers and this and you should you have something for every different different one for every account that every time i go on i have to say even to use my television okay what's this number what's that number what's your account here and then i have an account i have maybe rcn in the city then i have maybe cable and long i i mean how is anyone supposed to do this you have to create a whole brand new password so you have passwords on top of passwords of course a lot of my things when i do on the mobile phone i I use the fingerprint identification uh, which makes it a little easier but let me ask you what should what should look i mean i know i'm supposed to change it every whatever i don't but i should um and what it is is there's so many of them, and half of them I don't remember. I mean, even to, like, you know, I'll send out cards and things of that nature. Everything has a password, even if it's something that you don't care if somebody steals. You want to send out a card in my name? Send it out. I don't really care. But, I mean, how many? How often should you change them, and how, how many can you remember? 
Well, there's no way you can remember them. You either have to have them written down somewheres, or if you have a service like uh, Norton Antivirus, they do have a service where they will maintain all your passwords and your login information so you can access it at any time. Okay, so does anyone have a system that they like, that they use? I, I mean, write it down on a piece of paper and put it in my drawer. I don't yeah, we're old-fashioned that way. Drawer. Well, see, I don't, because <laughs> when I have my iPad or my iPhone, it's usually they're asking me a question. I'm like, okay, what the heck is the password for that? Then I'm like, oh, yeah. well, okay, oh, no, I changed that. So you don't, and, and, and aren't there programs, I mean, I think I have one of them that I have on my iPhone that, Puts password. You put password. It's called password keeper or something of that nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, are those okay? Or you don't think they're too safe either? But my <laughs> fear of those is if somebody breaks into that, then they've got access to all your accounts. I don't get it. I've talked to technology people, and I can't get a satisfactory answer. Why is the industry not moving to biometrics? Well, you know, I well, mean, now Apple most, uses the yeah. thumbprint yep, uh, the and thumbprint. the face recognition. That seems to be very secure. But for computers on your desk... Still the old-fashioned password thing, which we were doing 30 years ago. I know. Why don't they use face recognition on the computer so that, you know, it can face recognition together with, the, you know, retinal scan is very readily available technology. Then you don't have to worry about all this nonsense with passwords. It's great. And they all have different criteria. You know, use two capital letters. Oh, I know. I know. Three uh, <laughs> unusual symbols. Special symbols, at oh, least and, eight characters. And then you finally come up with one. <laughs> and and it's you, gone. you got one. It's and you've used it. You've, no, you've used it in the last 60 days, so you can't use that one again. It's 20 minutes to get in, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so is there any quick solution? No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> Just wondering because it really is it's, it's cumbersome. I mean, it's cumbersome, and I and every time if I I don't watch television often, but every time that I do put something on, and I've been sick, so I I I will have it. What's your this? What's your password? What's your account number? What's oh, I was like, yeah. oh, oh God, give me a break. I'm always calling Lee. We use the same. <laughs> yes, we, we use the same audio. How about Lee? Lee, like you know my account numbers, Lee. I can't watch Showtime. <laughs> Yes, same thing happened to me, Jerry. Uh, I was uh, always on Showtime. All of a sudden, they locked me out and said, what's your password? What's this? I'm like, but I've had it for five years. Okay. It doesn't matter. They want it again. Yes. No, and if you get caught up in a show that's on only Showtime, (laughs) like I've been watching Escape at Dannemora, which, oh my God, is it good? Is it? This is a really good, yeah, it's about those prisoners that escaped. With, and with the help of that woman in upstate New York. Oh, I think I watched that, yes. Oh, it's really good, yeah. So I got caught up in that, and then I come up here for the weekend, and now I can't get on Showtime. And I'm afraid to call Lee because I feel like I bother him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we both use Lee. And, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if he can handle the two of us, he's got the patience. Yeah, the he's good. Yeah, he's he's good. unflappable, this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just so calm. and Yes, opposite like, of us while I'm freaking yeah. out. I was having Fourth of July at my at my house. This was obviously more than three years ago since my house has been on the right. renovation that long. And it's before the party, and the thing isn't working, the system. I'm like, uh, Lee, listen, I'm having all these people come over, and I have to have music. I can't yeah. have no music, and this is not working. And sure. Sure enough, he sent somebody over and we got it working. Having so. a dinner party, they're coming in 10 minutes. The music won't start. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, Dan, what else? So you're saying that we can do that. Do you recommend? Them. I know, but do you recommend that people do it? 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't recommend worrying about the credit lock that they have. That's going to be for, you know, 25 bucks. Uh, but a security freeze, your rights are defined by law, where the credit lock is defined by the credit bureaus. So you have a lot more protection with the security freeze and the price is right for free. Um, all you have to do is remember that PIN number. Okay. <laughs> I think we have a short show today. So um, I think we have a little shorter. We still have a little time. We'll be yeah. right back after the break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. We were talking to Dan, and we, I, you know, I didn't realize we have a short show today. So um, I'm going to, um, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to get through with some of the other questions that I had. But uh, Dan? So you recommend people do that, and I think when you come on again, you should remind us because um, it's not something I would have thought to do, and now I'm going to try to remember to do it um, okay. and freeze my credit. <laughs> um, so how do you uh, – when you say somebody asked me what, what credit card grace period is and what does that mean and how does it help or harm you in the long run? Well, credit card grace period is the time that they give you, once you receive the bill, how many days you have before it has to be paid. And basically, um, when you get that, uh, it gives you, well, it's supposed to give you about three weeks, but I think it, it gives you a little bit less time by the time you actually get your bill that you have uh, to pay that bill. Well, let me However, ask you, Dan, if you, let's say you know that you're, you know, you're going to be a little bit late and you call them and you say, listen, or, you know, it's happened to me where I forgot to mail the bill. <laughs> okay. Could you think just sometimes does it, well, does it not always work, but just sometimes if you send it in a couple of days late, does it, you think they'll, you know, be okay well, with it? Well, there's two parts to this. One, if you send it in late, uh, they're probably going to hit you with like a $35 late fee. But they will not hit you with a 30-day late payment on your credit report. Which is more It important. almost has to be on the due date of the next monthly payment. If you don't have it paid by that date, you'll be reported 30 days late. So if you normally pay, if it, your, your uh, pay date is the 15th, for example, of January, uh, if you didn't pay it then, um, you have until literally the 15th of the following month uh, before they'll report a 30-day late. So uh, what you're subject to is a little fine, in effect, uh, not necessarily a damage to your credit. Well, a fine is not great, but better than the damage to your credit. So, Jim, what's new in the credit world? Anything, or what do you what do you think is important? What do you feel is one of the mo you know what you feel is important for consumers? And well, again, you don't have to yeah. be buying a house because it has nothing. Credit rules your life today. I mean, credit it has you know it is the most important thing that you can have uh, besides for your health. Okay, <laughs> so 
what what should people be doing and what do you think is most important or besides for looking at their their credit scores to make sure there's no mistake or somebody they didn't make mistakes what what do you what well, do you well, see that, that's always my my first recommendation is you should always be reviewing your credit reports because mistakes can come on there uh, accounts that aren't aren't yours can come on there and even fraudulent accounts can come on there but there's a new thing coming up now in debt collection and this is really something that's going to start affecting all sorts of credit in the future, mm-hmm. which is artificial intelligence. The, um, there's a new uh, sheriff in town. It's, its name is NLP Logic. NLP Logic. Yep. And he's um, the new sheriff? Yeah, because what they're doing is they've developed um, machine learning advances in artificial intelligence that give debt recovery companies the opportunity to increase their collections by up to 5 to 7% on a per-account basis. And how do they do that? Well, what it does is it uses the specific the debt recovery company's historical transaction data to train an algorithm to score individual accounts on their probability that they would pay. This allows them wait, to Wait, wait, wait. Slow the- down, slow down. I know we don't have much time, but slow down. <laughs> so in other words, I'm going to have artificial intelligence... Watching you. Watching me, and they're going to single out who is... A good, well, good. Who I likely will get paid from? Well, what what this is is that if a if a um, collection agency has ten thousand accounts, they can't necessarily go after all ten thousand of them. Right. But what they want is, you know, it's a Jerry Maguire movie. Show me the money. That's all they care about. Right. So they want to be able to go after the people that will pay them, and this algorithm uh, helps them predict which people have a higher probability of them getting money from. And this algorithm is is designed to be used to score people on a daily basis. So it's constantly changing and analyzing everything that happens and every system that the company has to collect money to optimize their ability to recover. I, I get it. So I guess if you're a deadbeat, (laughs) <laughs> the artificial intelligence will pick that up and say, well, maybe we should go after somebody first because this no, guy's no, a real deadbeat. No, it's not deadbeat. It's a person that's financially challenged. <laughs> well, no, but, there's sometimes there are sometimes it's people that are financially challenged, and I feel sorry for them. But if you're financially challenged, you should call the company up and try to make a deal. That's what I think, yes, right? Absolutely. Well, you should call Dan and say, Dan, listen, I'm having a tough time paying my bills. I've gotten to some, you know, some trouble financially. Would you help me out? And I think you're so much better off doing that than to just let them not pay them because you don't have the money and not tell them or not try to way, work something they don't have out. A lot of people, they don't have a lot of people that actually call them. So they love it when somebody actually wants to try to resolve things. And uh, many times they'll even help people out with a hardship situation where they'll give them zero or five percent interest for six months just to make it easier for them to pay down their debt. See, I'm not a credit coach, but I tell you something. 
I always learned in life it never fails. It never hurts. It doesn't always work. But it never hurts to tell someone the situation. And sometimes they will give you a break or they'll work with you. Because if they don't work with you, then you look like a deadbeat. Okay, but if you call them up and you have a hardship, a legitimate hardship... Um, it doesn't make them saying they're forgiving the debt, but they might work with you. If you call Dan, he might be able to help work with you to work some kind of payments. Because as you said, right, all they care is that they get paid eventually. Right. Um, so what does that mean, having the artificial intelligence? We have a few minutes left because the show ends early today, so I'm not going to be able to do what I plan to uh, talk about. But uh, what, what, what do you say that – what do you suggest people do? To when they don't have the money, and what does this mean to the average person that has credit that there's artificial intelligence? Well, the artificial intelligence is not going to be put into the systems for your benefit. It's going to be put into the systems for your creditors' benefit. So uh, this is starting with these collection agencies, but even the creditors will start to use, and the credit bureaus will start to use uh, some of this artificial intelligence machine learning to enhance uh, you know, the algorithms that FICO uh, scoring model uses. So they become more adaptive. You know, one of the things that most people don't realize about the FICO scoring model is that after a number of years, FICO has to rebuild the entire model because of changes in human behavior or changes in economic situations. And because of that, um, the way things are scored uh, have more or less weight or more or less damage to your credit report based on how people respond to different things. Thank you. Dan, listen, you're going to have to come back because we have two minutes left and I really have to get some of the interest rates in. But would you come back in a week or two and please finish up this conversation? Anytime. Um, Because we really want to finish up. It's just that I didn't realize it was a short show today, so I didn't account for our time. And I didn't do all of our subjects that we were supposed to do. But Ace, what are the um, rates? 30-year fixed? Yeah, 30 years. It's right at four and a quarter. And I have to say, you know, I learned so much from Dan. Um, he really is so knowledgeable when it comes to credit. So He but, is, and you need yeah. credit before you can get a loan. And you need credit before you get a loan. So. Oh, okay. Now they told me it's 1150. So I have really been off today. Oh, wow. So now I uh, <laughs> do have a few minutes. So now it's time. 1150. Okay. Well, I told you I had the flu, so I guess I wasn't on my 100% game. But yeah. I tried. So you'll have to uh, listen to us for a few more minutes. <laughs> Anyhow, 30 year fix is about four and a quarter and yeah. uh, 15. 15. 15 is right around um, 3.625. So. 3.625. So that's really good. And as I said, if you really have any refinancing needs, you should do them now. Um, Okay, I am going to pick one quick subject because I don't think we have time to do much more than that, okay? And I really wanted to talk. We were going to talk about eminent domain, Jerry, last week, but I don't think we had time. Uh, And I don't know if we have time today. I was going to talk a little about, and I don't, okay, I think I have time. When you're negotiating, and and again, everything in life is negotiating. I mean, you negotiate with your kids, you negotiate with your spouse, you probably negotiate with your business. 
Okay, here is what I think are some of the top negotiating mistakes. And by all means, um, we can continue this next week. And if you have some tips that you've used and they're successful, by all means, call us up. Um, One, if you're selling a house, you shouldn't really talk too much in front of anybody. (laughs) Okay, go see the house. If the homeowners are there, I think that you should just walk through. You might want to ask them some questions. Um, but you don't have to talk too much. And if the seller's agent's there and you have a buyer and a seller's agent, which is not always the case, but if you do, I, I, I don't think you should be talking in the house. I think you should ask the questions you need to ask in the house. But that's something you should talk to your broker outside of the house. Uh, would you agree, uh, Jerry? Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it's an appropriate time to be discussing strategy and price, everything like that, when you're at the house. You know, you're there to view it. You can, you know, retreat back to, you know, privacy and then talk to your counselors about it later, you know, your brokers or whoever's advising you on price. Right. Now, everyone will say to you, uh, everyone asks me, okay, whenever they're buying a home, when they have to put an offer in, okay, what should I put in? What's the lowest they'll take? Now, legally, by law, we can't tell you that. But what I would tell you to do is whatever offer you're making, have your broker work with you so you could substantiate it, which means that if you make an offer that's going to be low, try to be able to defend it. Have comps. Ask the broker to show you comps. And maybe if they're not, maybe if your price is lower, you can show that they they got this money, but they had it on the market eight months. And, And here you're willing to... Uh, take it off, you know, buy it, and you have a good down payment. I mean, you should always talk about the benefits to your offer first. So you should talk about the down payment you have if that's a, if you have a, a decent down payment. And don't ask for everything all at once. Um, you pick your battles. What's most important to you? If you want them to take a low price, a lower price than they want, don't try to make the down payment nothing also. Um, or if you want them to take, you know, try to say, well, look, we're, we're offering you X, but we're giving give you a substantial down payment so that you know you're pretty much, you know, here's our credit report. Um, and don't get into a pissing match with the seller. Okay? Remember, I can't always guarantee this, but if a seller likes someone, and I've seen this happen, sometimes they'll give somebody uh, the home mm-hmm. for less money. Because if they, they like don't them. like you, they'll make it a hard, hard time hard. for you. Now, if they're desperate, then if they don't like you, that's the breaks. But if they have a choice and there's a couple that they see or people that they see that they think would, that they like, sometimes I've seen them take less money. I'm not saying they're going to give the house away, but they've taken less money. Um, now, there's some controversy and I guess we we can discuss this as a separate topic because I don't have time for it today. But there's controversy, and I'm not sure the right answer to you, um, on whether you present your best offer first or do you negotiate. And that's a topic that we can discuss because there's no right answer to that. I don't believe, but I'll tell you different circumstances and what I think. Um you should put your offer in writing. I see brokers never do that sometimes. It makes it look more serious. Yeah. If it's in writing with a down payment, I don't think we're going to have time to discuss this, but besides, for should you 
put your best fo- offer forward. Um, and I think that in many cases you should. Okay, I think that, you know, people like I would say to people, like, I'm not going to mess around. I don't want to go back and forth and back and forth. We can do that. But there are certain cultures. Remember, if you're a seller, there are certain cultures that's the part of their culture to go back and forth and negotiate. So you, you kind of have to uh, do that. Now, what if you're making a low ball offer and they refuse it? What's your next step? If somebody makes a low-ball offer and then they refuse it, what's the next step? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about negotiating in depth um, in the next couple of weeks because I think negotiating skills are a plus learning them. Whether you're buying a home or not, they just work in life. I mean, if you see what the Democrats and the Republicans are doing, that's not negotiating. Okay, that's saying if you don't do this, I'm not taking the deal. And the other one's like, and if you don't do this, I'm not taking the deal. So I, I don't, I don't think that they really are showing how you really negotiate because in negotiations, Sherry and Ace, what has to happen? Two people have to feel like they won. They won. Yeah, yeah it can't be you know beat them down and make the other exactly. person feel bad about the negotiation. You know, they used to call it win-win negotiation. You know, the idea that. There's something in it for everybody and, and try to figure out what the other person can achieve to make them feel satisfied with the negotiation while still getting what you need, too. And it can happen. And while you're negotiating, don't forget what Ace told you in the beginning of the show. You are getting a great interest rate now. If the, I don't know. I don't expect them to go up too soon. No. Okay. We expect them to stay. But remember something. What you're getting today would have cost you a lot more a while ago. And uh, the rates are good. And as far as the seller, you know what? If you take a little less, okay, you're going to end up buying if you have to use a mortgage probably for a little bit less. And I really think right now is a great time to buy. It's kind of a weird time in the real estate world across the country. It's not a buyer's. It's not a seller's market. It's kind of like a nothing. It's kind of just like a flat, kind of not exciting. You don't hear anything about it too much. Um it's kind of a quiet, I don't want to say quite. it's good. We just made the biggest sale in history. Uh, uh, we made a huge sale a day or two ago. But it's kind of one of those markets that if you really are shopping around and looking, you can really find some nice stuff out there at a great interest rate. And I don't want to tell you that if it was a, a percent or two percent higher, how much more would the payments be? There's so much, makes such a difference. It does. And if you're not looking, I want to give you one last bit of advice. If you're not looking for a home and you have refinanced your house or you bought it a while ago, please look at the interest rates because you might be able to save a lot of money for a lot more years um, if you refinance. Again, it's got to be at least a point, and you can call Ace and he'll let you know whether it makes sense to do that or not. I think I refinanced something twice already. I have to check my Yeah, you have to check yours, Dottie. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. (laughs) Uh, And you know what? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, another closing with Dottie. Not enough. I have it in me. (laughs) Jerry, you have to. I have other problems also. That last one was... Yes, I know. And I still don't have CEOs. And I I, I just want to tell you, never do what I did. Because I said, Jerry, there's no CEOs. But they told me the day before I was closing. And... um, I was well, like, we, I mean, they, they said, you know, be, they'll be done in a couple of months, right? That yeah, was sort of but they wouldn't put it in writing. And, of course, it is now 10 years later. I still don't have them. <laughs> They're later. working on it, yeah. But, you know, just like my house, it takes uh, time. 
No, no. <laughs> I knew it, and I knew I shouldn't do it. Okay, but I, I wanted to do it. I just decided, you know what the heck? I'm just going to What go is going it. on with the renovation? Is it going to be done for this summer? Are you getting in? Well, closer? I called to go there the, a couple of weeks ago, and, of course, my floors were supposed to be done mm-hmm. uh, in uh, September. And they said, oh, you can't come. And I said, why not? They said, well, we're doing your floors. And I'm like, well, that was supposed to be done in September. Okay. Uh, and my kitchen is not all in. Okay. And I call the mm-hmm. company up. It's a very high-end company, but they're from Germany, so I don't have to tell you who they are. And oh, uh, They did my kitchen. They're yeah. usually right on time, though. The Germans, they yes, but right they, on the Yes, but, but they made uh, the, the, uh, the girl that designed, helped me design the kitchen did not have me there. And I was not there when they came up with everything, and they forgot to put a closet for brooms and for mops. And so I had a new cabinets made, so some of the kitchen's done, and there's a few cabinets that had to be made afterwards, so they said mm-hmm. March. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think anything else? Um, yeah, I, I think they didn't finish. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I, I don't want to complain because, you know, you should only complain when there's a reason to complain. The complaint is that it's my fault. And it is totally my fault that I wasn't on them or I didn't hire somebody. I hired somebody who had a conflict because they were all things to me. So it's I don't blame anyone there, there but are, me. There are 50 At the end of the day, though, buildings. the most important thing is the house will look uh-huh. beautiful. Yes. It will. And your and your heirs will enjoy it very much. Um, yes. <laughs> 50 story apartment buildings in New York that were started after this renovation that have just opened. So I think it is time to finish the renovation. It's a five I year, saw like Joe Farrell, who happens uh-huh. to be a very big builder in the Hamptons. You should have hired him. He, gets he said, why don't you take at me? And I said, well, I didn't know you did. I thought you only did new homes. He goes, no, I, I do renovations. He, and then I'm looking at his literature. He gets it done in six months. So, oh, he does beautiful work, too. Oh, he yeah. should have gotten him. Oh, too much. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, um, enjoy the rest of the cold, because I think it's going to warm up this weekend, or that's it what somebody so told cold. me. It is so, so cold. cold. But it's, it's warmer today than it was. and um, That doesn't say much. It's like two <laughs> degrees. I know. But listen, if you didn't have enjoy cold, you would never appreciate the warmth. Yeah. And who's going to win the Super Bowl, Ace? Uh, that the uh, Ace's favorite team will win. <laughs> the I don't Patriots. Know the name of anyone Let's playing see. on the Patriots. Let's see what happens. All right. Go, Patriots. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl for those who are watching it, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.